Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Monday, November 15th. It's Mailbox Monday. And today I'm going to answer your questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I hope you guys are having a great Monday. This is my favorite day at the podcast because I get a chance to just get a peek into what's going on in your lives and hopefully encourage you in your journey a little bit as you guys have encouraged me. You know that this is the time of year that you get to send in your Christmas cards, so keep them coming. Uh, To me, Heidi St. John, care of the Heidi St. John podcast at 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 986 Eight two, uh, the Bible says in John sixteen thirty three, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to have actually tomorrow's podcast is going to be a little bit of a. I don't know, crowd shrinker is not the right word, but it's a difficult topic. My friend Steve Ryder is coming on tomorrow. He lost his wife uh, back early in the pandemic, uh, April of last year, and she did not die from COVID. She died from pneumonia, but because of COVID, he was not allowed to be with her and she died alone. And so uh, you might want to have that into consideration when you listen to the podcast tomorrow. It's a pretty raw recording and I let it sit. I let it be raw because of the pain and the anguish that uh, Steve and many, many thousands of other people have gone through over the course of this pandemic. And the truth is we're not very good at suffering or even walking through suffering with other people. And it seems like we do almost anything to avoid it. But Jesus said that suffering would be a part of our lives. He didn't say that we'd struggle once in a while. He said that we would have many trials and sorrows. He knew how hard this world was going to be. And in his infinite wisdom, he laid the groundwork for us. And we need to lay the groundwork for suffering for our children. Jesus showed us how to suffer and not lose heart. He gave us a theology for suffering. He taught us how to view God in the middle of our struggle. And so uh, tomorrow's podcast is going to be a little bit more of a, a of a difficult one to listen to, but I hope you guys will hang in there and listen. And the next time you have an unexpected detour, uh, I want to give you just a couple of things to help you take heart and keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, the Bible teaches us that God inhabits the praise of his people. That's Psalm 22, uh, verse 3. So learn to view worship as a weapon. If your bills seem overwhelming, if you've been up all night with a fussy baby, if your uh, spouse or yourself is losing a job because of a ridiculous mask mandate or a vaccine mandate, if your transmission goes out, crank up the worship music. There is power in our praise. I'm going to encourage you to get alone with God, to pray through and process your circumstances. So instead of freaking out, take a time out, take your requests and your fears before the Lord in prayer, and then finally remember the promises of God, starting with this one. When we are weak, according to 2 Corinthians 12, 10, he is strong. So when we feel ill-equipped for the challenges that we're facing, I'm going to encourage you, take heart. The Lord loves to work in the midst of impossible circumstances. So remember this, uh, mom and dad. Your kids are learning how to handle life's inevitable challenges by watching how you're handling this right now. 
when they see you praising God in the midst of your struggle and your sorrow, they learn what it looks like to praise the Lord in all circumstances. And so I'm always telling my kids, you know, they've seen uh, their father and I cry many times uh, over the course of our, uh, our marriage. And uh, I want my kids to know that God is in the middle of it and that good things are coming. And so even tomorrow, as we walk through this this difficult story, uh, I'm encouraged because Steve has taken what, you know, this hard thing that happened with his family and has turned it around for good. And God wants to do that. So it doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge the suffering. It doesn't mean that we don't cry, that we don't pound our chest and uh and yell into the, into the sky, you know, but I think it, we don't grieve the Bible says as people without hope, because we know that we don't live for this city, but we seek a city to come. I want to say thank you to people who are can, uh, just donating to the Heidi St. John podcast, Jennifer Holmes. I just got a list. Uh, I'm going to try to do this more often. Uh, Denise, it uh, looks like Divin or Divin, uh, Diane Austin, Beverly Ebinger, Brenda Sullivan, Gretchen Corrales. Thank you guys so much for uh, helping me to keep this podcast on the air and for you for um, just working with our sponsors. That helps too. So when you guys purchase things from the advertisers that we're trying to bring on the show, I'm trying to really focus on American Made right now, as you can see. Follow those sponsors and follow the links we give you, and that really helps too. All right, I'm going to jump right into your questions and hopefully um, offer some encouragement. Again, you know, so many of these questions are related to what's happening in the culture right now. And as we see this thing continuing, right, to just, it feels like just sort of spiral out of control, um, I want to encourage you again, like I always do, that the Lord is watching this. And I believe that there is a reckoning coming, but you will hear, you know, as you heard uh, Pete Talbot and Christian Overman with me in the last couple of days this week, this last week, our nation has really forgotten about God. And as a result, now we're suffering. And so I just want to encourage you uh, because I think, and I've told you guys this before, and I, I continue to believe it. I think this is going to get harder before it gets better. I know we keep saying that, but I'll tell you what right now. Uh, these mandates, these vaccine mandates, which really have become a dearth uh, of workers um, and an expected rise in demand because of travel, et cetera. We're looking at what they're calling a perfect storm that could derail air traffic in the coming months. And uh, we saw Republican lawmakers warning about this earlier, uh, or, or I'm sorry, at the end of last week, because of Joe Biden's vaccine mandate, which by the way, outside of his jurisdiction, he's so far outside. I mean, he's so far, he's so far behind, he thought he was first, right? Uh, but I think we're going to see more and more disruptions. So as you guys are thinking about Christmas and getting together with your families and this sort of thing, Something we've been talking about in our family uh, is how we can make Christmas simpler this year. You know, um, simple things. We don't need a lot of presents. I know um, many of us are uh, struggling because of lost income or income is, you know, down from what it might normally be. And certainly gas prices are up. Everything's up. And I want to remind you guys, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. All right. You can make Christmas simple. There are lots of really wonderful things my kids were telling uh, my husband and I the other day that some of their most wonderful memories from from Christmases in the past were memories when we really didn't have anything. And so it was making hot chocolate, 
and driving around and looking at Christmas lights, all of those things. So uh, go easy on yourselves uh, this year. All right. This one comes from Tessa in California. Hi, Heidi. I love listening to you and I'm always encouraged. Thank you, Tessa. My question is, uh, there are a lot of peaceful protests going on, but I wonder, do they have an impact? Uh, Are there other ways to let our voices be heard? So Tessa, that's a great question. And the answer, of course, is yes, there are ways for your voice to be heard. I think the protests are important because when you guys show up, it sends a message to the people who are watching that, uh, that you are not alone and that we're not alone. So there's an encouragement in being together. I also think when you start, you have to do more than just show up with a sign on a freeway overpass, right? You got to follow it up by talking to your lawmakers and letting your lawmakers know how you feel about things. These people are supposed to be representing you. This is why I have run for uh, for Congress is because I want to represent the people in this area who are being woefully underrepresented and in many cases, I believe, misrepresented. And so so get on the phones uh, and contact your state representative and let them know how you're feeling. Same thing is true for uh, all kinds of things, you know, your city councils, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, so important. So I, I would encourage you. I do think the protests are helping. I, obviously, they're not helping quickly enough and maybe not happen, not having the effect that we would like. But I think that you pair those with other things. There are lawsuits that are coming uh, if you guys didn't hear my conversation with uh, uh, talking about election integrity and what is being done to stop the overreach of the federal government and to start bringing election integrity back to our elections here in the United States, you can hear that at America's Town Hall. Uh, that was my interview with Brett Simpson. Again, you know, some of these issues are really hard issues, but we've got to be talking about them. Hey, everybody, you know that Christmas is right around the corner. And this year, instead of mindlessly scrolling through Amazon, I want to encourage you to support companies that are based right here in the United States. And at the top of my list is MyPillow. My husband and I have been using MyPillow pillows for over five years. We take them with us when we travel because they're the best pillows we've ever used. And now I'm partnering with them just in time for Christmas. Mike Lindell has an amazing offer for listeners of the Heidi St. John podcast on his standard MyPillows. You will receive a standard MyPillow regularly priced at $69.98 for only $19.98. Did you know that MyPillow is so much more than pillows? You guys have got to check them out for one-stop Christmas shopping for everybody in your family. There's even a new dog bed that I just ordered for our little golden doodle. With my special promo code, you will receive up to 66% off all MyPillow products. Here's how to do it. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's standard MyPillow for just $19.98 or call 1-800-447-0541 and use promo code Heidi. MyPillow is made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee so you've got nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to MyPillow.com or call one 800 447 0541 and use promo code Heidi to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his standard MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, or call 1-800-447-0541. 
Uh, so anyway, I would just encourage you guys that way. Rachel in Denver, Heidi, as a Christian mom, I'm curious your thoughts around spanking as a form of discipline, specifically as it's justified by many Christians with the saying, spare the rod and spoil the child. My view is that spanking is uh, always out of anger and frustration, which is wrong. And it feels so wrong in my mama's heart. I try to think about the character of God and I'm not convinced he commands us to do this as discipline. What are your thoughts? So Rachel, I don't want to get out into the weeds about spanking because I think this is one of those divisive issues. I will offer a couple of thoughts uh, coming to you from my own personal background and what I believe God's word has to say on the issue. First of all, uh, that quote that you just said, spare the rod and spoil the child, is not in the Bible anywhere. It's actually a misquote of Proverbs 13, 24, which states, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Uh, Notice that the emphasis there is on diligent to discipline. Discipline is not a synonym for spanking. All right. It's a reference to a parent's role to teach, guide, and correct and love their children. And that is accomplished through a variety of discipline tools. I'm going to read to you guys directly from an article that I found at Focus in the Family, uh, asking the question whether or not spanking was biblical. And I love this because they focus on the rod and staff. Remember that sheep were an important part of the agricultural landscape for ancient Hebrews, when the Bible was written, shepherds had an important role in guiding sheep along the path and protecting them from predators. And like all of the Bible, while the words are ancient, the application is relevant in contemporary society. So the shepherd's tools were a staff to guide the sheep and a rod to redirect them. So the concept of spanking comes from the rod, but the other side of discipline, the staff, brings us the most tools in an effective discipline toolkit. So in their jobs, shepherds use staffs far more frequently than their rods, and we should do the same thing. And so uh, I, I know that there are a lot of you who just absolutely disagree with spanking. And I know that some of you have come from abusive backgrounds, certainly, and spanking should never, uh, never be done when a child is simply being childish or impulsive or the child had an accident. I think it is appropriate when, or it might be appropriate when the child has is in an extremely unsafe situation. So you're trying to make a point, Right that child is being deliberately defiant and disobedient or severely disrespectful. And so in our home, we, uh, we were very, very reticent to, we just spank for no reason. You know, I, I think I came from a home where spanking was abused. And so I have, I would say an, um, an extra sensitivity to this area, but I guess what I would, what I want to just say, uh, really to Rachel is I don't think that it's, uh, out of God, out of the character of God, God disciplines th- those he loves. Right. And so you got to think about what the heart is in the discipline. You know, a parent who tells me, Oh, I love to spank my child. That is a, a parent with a problem. As far as I'm concerned, you know, on the few times that I have spanked my children, it has pained me to do it, but I needed to say, listen, mama told you not to run out into the street. You did not listen to me. And so you're going to get a spanking now because I want you to remember this is important, you know, so that's the kind of things that we're talking about here. I want us to be very, very careful when we talk about spanking. Uh, I think it's really uh, uh, one of the principles for spanking, right? And I, again, I saw this some folks in the family and I thought it was really good. If you choose to use this in part of your parenting toolkit, it really needs to be done uh, 
in love, right? Spanking is never something that you do because you're angry. We never lash out and hit our children, right? Um, we see who God is in the scriptures. He's trustworthy. He loves us even in his correction, even though sometimes it's uncomfortable. Uh, the article says too, to use it as a last resort. So when there's imminent danger and you need to get your child's attention so he doesn't repeat the behavior, uh, a spank a spank might be appropriate. A three with self-control and calmness and without anger. And this is hard because kids know how to push our buttons. And so I think some of the biggest parenting mistakes stem from our own anxiety about losing control or feeling inadequate. Self-control, remember, is a fruit of the spirit. Four, for a short period of time and early on in the life of your child. Uh, The Bible doesn't address specific ages for this type of discipline, but developmentally, a spank may be appropriate between the ages of 18 months and six or seven years of age. Beyond that, really, it can breed uh, resentment and a disconnect. All right. Also, uh, spanking would be administered privately whenever possible. So you would never, I saw so many bizarre parenting methods employed, particularly when it came to spanking in the early 90s that I thought was actually harmful, was harmful to children. But a spanking that's done right and for the right reason and in the right time, I don't see that as an unbiblical thing. But again, I think this is a last resort. What you want to do, and this is what I want you to hear, uh, you know, we have shepherded seven children now over 30 years. And I'm always asking the Lord, even now, we've got a couple of kids at home. Lord, help me get to the heart of my child. Help me see what is beyond the behavior. Is my child being um, disrespectful to me because they they are wounded by something I have done? Am I not giving proper instruction? I always want to look at myself first to make sure that um, I'm not breeding resentment within my own children. And we want to find out what is the currency that our child deals with. In other words, you know, I had one of my children in particular that, uh, you know, the, the way the currency that she dealt in was isolation. So it wouldn't have mattered if I spanked her or not, it wasn't going to make any difference at all. Right. Another one of my kids, you know, if I even looked at her sideways and she felt like I was unhappy with her, she'd immediately burst into tears. Every child is different. And so you can't just employ a one size fits all method of correction with your children. Remember, the goal is to get to their heart. The goal is to nurture them, to love them, to lovingly correct them. And parenting and shepherding is difficult. And it's difficult because we we want to be, or at least we should want to be following the Lord in all of it to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And then uh, listening for the Lord. And I remember, you know, with one of my kids in particular, just crying out to the Lord and saying, Lord, I do not know how to reach the heart of this one particular child. It doesn't seem like anything I'm doing is working. And the Lord showed me exactly how to deal in the currency that that child would understand. And so uh, for her, it was just sitting her in a timeout, you know, so when we were all having hot chocolate and watching a movie, she was sitting off to the side, not enjoying hot chocolate uh, with the rest of the family because I had had an issue with her that went on and on and on, whereby she was being disruptive and disobedient and uh, disrespectful. And when I finally figured out this is the thing, we started to see changes uh, in that child. And so I would tell you, you know, spanking is a, a last resort, not a first resort. It is not unbiblical unless you do it in an unbiblical manner. And so we need to be careful because people do abuse it. And, uh, but it doesn't change what God's word says. All right. God's word would never have you beat your child and certainly uh, not spank them for no reason. That's ridiculous. And so, 
uh, ask the Lord what he wants you to do and then walk that out. The main thing being, we want our kids to know that we love them. And I really love that article at Folks in the Family because it really, you know, they focus on it really as a teaching tool for when your children are very, very young. So you might have a child that repeatedly wants to uh, follow you to an area of the house where they're not supposed to go or they're not listening to you. So it was a huge big deal when my kids were little. If I said stop, I wanted my children to stop. You know, they don't know what they're stopping for. They don't, they don't, they may not have the opportunity to question me. So if I, if I uh, see one of my kids, you know, walking out in a parking lot and there's a car backing up, I want them to hear when mama says, stop, you stop. And I want them to be attuned to the sound of my voice for their own personal safety. And these are issues that we uh, put in play when our kids are very little And as they get older, that teaching and training changes, right? And so we need to be sensitive to it as our kids get older. So uh, I loved, I love that question, even though it's a divisive question and some people are going to disagree, Rachel, um, I do appreciate you asking it. Uh, One more today. She said, Heidi, I'm a public school teacher in central Arkansas. My district, along with a few others in the area, have recently adopted a curriculum called Wit and Wisdom. At first glance, the curriculum seems like a great tool to teach critical thinking skills. It's more like what to think, not how to think. From K to 8, this curriculum uses various books to teach some of America's darkest history from the perspective of those who have received the so-called injustice. These books also describe violent war, a stillbirth, and a rape. It seems I'm the only teacher in my district that's concerned about these topics being taught to our students. Even parents are saying, well, that's too bad. There are some parents or district employees who are afraid of repercussions if they speak out. I believe my next step is addressing the school board, specifically at their next meeting. I've never gone to these meetings before, and I'm unsure how to approach the situation. Do you have any helpful tips? So here's what I would say. First of all, go with exactly the information that you want. So go with quotes from the book, have copies to hand out to all of the board members so they can see exactly what your concerns are. Make sure that you make those handouts available for parents. You might say, hey, I've got five of these copies up here if anybody wants to see it. This is my concern. You want to respect, you want to uh, address them respectfully and you want them to know that you know what you're talking about. So you're not just going and, you know, Maybe this is a deal. Maybe it's not. No, you've you've seen the book. You photocopied it. You might even want to look up some history of this curriculum and read some of that too so they can see where it's coming from. Most of the time, it's not hard to find out much about these authors because the woke ones especially love to brag about their wokeness. So that's what I would tell you to do. Be respectful. Address your your city, your school board um, members respectfully. Give them the information, give them the handouts, and then also offer a solution. So maybe in this case, the solution is, I do not believe we should be teaching this particular, uh, out of this particular curriculum, and this is why. Here is a solution. Here is a curriculum that I think would actually be good. So you see what I mean? Instead of just uh, crying about things, we want to go offering solutions. All right, you guys, that's all the time I have for you today. I'm going to come back tomorrow with my friend, uh, Steve Ryder, and he's going to share his story of losing his wife last year in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Again, it's going to be a sensitive topic, but I think it's one that's important to hear. And uh, I know that you guys will be encouraged. In the meantime, love your families well today, you guys. Thank you so much for reaching out to us and for supporting the sponsors here at the show. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day, you guys. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.